Welcome to the High Ground Podcast. I'm Stevie W. And I'm Callum. So, uh, today, we're going to be looking at The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan's 2008 masterpiece, its legacy, and just uh, how cinema has changed in terms of the uh, comic book industry and comic book movies since The Dark Knight. Or is it, or is it... Or is the Dark Knight just this overrated thing that fanboys in the whole world, world seems to be gushing all over? So, initial thoughts, the Dark Knight. <laughs> right, so we do have a history of the Dark Knight, don't we? Um, so, when it first came out, it was all over the place, and everyone was all over Batman and the Joker, and... I remember it just annoyed me at the time because we said loads of times on this podcast how annoying it is when people suddenly jump on something that they didn't like before but now they do because it's popular. And I think that kind of like I mean, I'm not sort of I'm not sort of dissing the film itself. It is a great film. And we will go into that, but just the initial like sort of hype of it really sort of irritated me. Same with like Frozen, I think. It's the same thing with that, where going in, I was kind of thinking, oh, God, everyone loves this film. Does that mean I'm going to hate it? All I can say about Frozen is just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you walked into that. I did, yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember you uh, you were telling a story where, you know, about how, uh, you know, when you were younger, being bullied because you liked yeah. Batman and The Dark Knight was the shift. And it's, it didn't really... I mean, cause I, I'm from the culture and uh, from a time where superheroes and everything like that was uncool. I, I, if you want, I would say more rats. Uh, Brody talking to TS about, you know, comic books and how it was underground. To me, that, it wasn't until you pointed it out and you actually realised that from 2008 onwards, it does... It's from uh, the likes of The Dark Knight. It did open it up. I mean... Batman was big in 89, but it didn't reach the masses like The Dark Knight did. So, no. it's, it's, to me, as I've always been in, ingrained in with superheroes, I mean, I've been to the cinema to see every Batman film, other than the Lego Batman, which I don't define as being canon in any world, but I have seen every Batman film since 89 at the cinema, even the ones that have diminished in quality. So, uh, to me, Dark Knight was initially just another movie. Yeah, I completely agree. Although, I will be honest, Batman Begins, I did not like when I saw it. For the first oh, really? Time. I, see, I, thought, I still think Batman Begins is the... I think it's the... Quality-wise, it's the best one of the trilogy, I think. I really like the begin Like... I like the whole backstory and the way it's non-linear and, you know, it's Nolanized, basically, isn't it? But, I mean, even, I mean, you can go back to that when that first came out. He wasn't really a massive household name by then. I mean, he, people knew of, like, I, I mean, my, a couple of my friends have said, like, have you seen Memento? You have to see Memento. It's great. And, like, I think he was kind of like a, a bit, you know, like when Tarantino first started, people were, like, saying, oh, you need to see this guy. He's pretty good. But he wasn't like a. I don't think he was a household name, you know, as such no. by then. I mean, maybe afterwards and like after the Prestige and stuff like that, he might have been. But yeah, it was just um, 
Yeah, I mean, 2008 was like that. I think it's the whole superhero explosion in general, isn't it? Because Iron Man as well came out that year, didn't it? So, I remember, if you look at Batman, we, I mean, this is something which I, I really didn't notice. I mean, you look at it, we're not talking... If you, if you, if you compare the receipt from, from 89's Batman uh, and uh, to Batman Begins, and, you know, it wouldn't be fair because there's a big difference. But if you look between 2005 and 2008 uh, Batman Begins took in just uh, took, uh, took in 373 million at the worldwide box office compared to over a billion three years later for The Dark Knight yeah wasn't it the first superhero film to reach a billion I think it was yeah because I, I, I know Batman 89 was, was the most like lucrative at the time wasn't it 89 took in 411 that 411 million at the worldwide box office so that man in 89 took in more than batman begins did yeah and it, i suppose it's even more now wouldn't it yeah that it would be yeah and you know so batman was in our culture he yeah was, to an extent where it was it was really, it was taken in that much in the box office but the dark knight is the one that that made batman cool yeah, yeah, for, for like the ones who thought he was not cool before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I came to one to one thing when I was doing all this, uh, looking into it. I mean, you consider that, that there has been two. I consider it to be two eras of modern day. When I say modern day. I'm talking over forty years now of superheroes. You can say it went from two from 1978 with uh, Richard Donner's Superman up until yeah. 2008. 2008 with with Iron Man and The Dark Knight, those two films completely tra- changed the, the trajectory. I mean, Iron Man only took in, I mean, when I say only, it's, it's, a, nice, it's a really good feat, 585 million. And that's around about half of what Dark Knight took in. But if you yeah. look at how the box office of, the, of what Iron Man started, with the, the first thing that actually worked, I mean, they had the Ang Lee's uh, Hulk, which was a misstep. And uh, but for the MCU, Iron Man was the start. And you look at where where we are now with the MCU. And you also look at uh, how the Dark Knight, more than Batman Begins, literally influenced the majority of the DCEU movies because they all went darker. I mean, even with Zack Snyder's uh, take on the characters, they had Nolan's color palette, as you could say, and his the whole idea we've got to keep DC dark, even with Superman, a character that really should have a similar sort of colour palette and bright colours of, say, Superman. Nolan's fingerprints has always been on it since DC, since since uh, Dark Knight. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think, like, it, it's kind of like the... I don't know, like, the new hope of, of superhero films, isn't it? Like, everything afterwards would always try and copy that grittiness, you know, because, I mean, obviously before that, the last sort of image of Batman was, of uh, Batman and Robin, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Bat nipples. Um, so, yeah, I mean, going from that to, even my like, Batman Begins is quite, you know, serious as well and dark, but I think it's with The Dark Knight where it's sort of, you know, it was almost a, it was almost a crime drama more than it was a superhero film, wasn't it? Like, it was like watching something Michael Mann would do. And I think it really did work at the time. 
and I think everything that tried to copy it since, I mean, even the TV series Gotham, which is actually really good, it, it follows Jim Gordon before he's commissioner, and it's the same tone, like, he, it's a dark city that needs someone to save it, and, you know, it's almost like Seven a little bit, not quite as disturbing, but, and then that sort of, you know, like, the, the cops that are put against it sort of thing, and, I don't know, yeah, I think every every sort of, definitely every DC film after that is always trying to be like The Dark Knight. It's just almost to their detriment because we've said loads of times how too serious the DC films are. You know, like The Man of Steel is so devoid of, like, any sort of, I don't know, happiness is the word. Like, I mean, you watch Big Donner's Superman and it's all bright and it's it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, it works. Like, you, you feel like you're having fun. I, I didn't feel like I was having fun with Man of Steel. I just felt like I was sort of, it's too dark and grimy and Nolan-y, like you said, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, uh, for me, Superman, uh, uh, trying to uh, spoil this, to sort of point out, uh, in uh, the uh, Arrowverse uh, big crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earth, you see Brandon Ruth donning a Superman costume and with the iconic John Williams uh, theme. And to me, that's Superman. I mean, I, I think Henry Cavell is a great Clark Kent and a great Superman, but I just don't like the colour palette that he's no. in. I mean, it's not Superman. Superman is, like I said, it's Captain America. Yeah. You know, you want it to be fun and bright and hope, but... You know, Batman versus Superman, which is oh, it's, it's a good film, but it's too long. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, I don't like the uh, the Justice League movie. I'm looking forward to the Snyder cut. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I, I like Zack Snyder. I think Zack Snyder's, you know, when he when he can have the reins to do what he wants to do rather than being shadowed, he can make strokes of genius. Just look at uh, Watchmen, which yeah. is another film which I will go into. Or Dawn of the Dead, you know, like he he has all three hundred. He he's a very visual guy, isn't he? Like his visuals are fantastic. Yeah, when uh, I I was around the time Sucker Punch uh, came out, when uh, they did the big announcement about Man of Steel, and I thought if Zack Snyder brings this color palette to Superman, we're going to be in for a ride. But he had ultimately with Man of Steel, he made a studio pick that was following the criteria set out by Warner Brothers DC and it was yeah. more of a it was a Batman in themed Superman movie which all goes back to The Dark Knight yeah yeah I think you can get away with making Batman darker because he is a dark character anyway I mean even Tim Burton was his his films were dark weren't they but yeah I don't think you can get away with making Superman that dark because no. it just it either ends up being goofy like Superman 3 with the, the two Supermen in that, or it just ends up, I don't know, just not connecting, where you just don't feel anything for him, which is a bad thing with Superman, because you do want to feel, he'd probably be the only character, ironically, from another world, that we feel the most related to, because he is like that guy that, he's like a fish out of water, and you know, we've all felt like that at one point, whereas we're not all billionaires that have Batmobiles and <laughs> Uh, you you mentioned about how dark the you, you know the, the Tim Burton Batman was. I mean, uh, yeah. 
a little shout out. We did a commentary track on Batman, and you don't. It wasn't until I mean, this is a Batman. I is a film which I've watched for years, and but until you sit down and actually analyze it, that film is dark, especially yeah. the Joker. But yeah, I, I never noticed how scary Jack Nicholson was. I mean, I always just find him funny, like which is part of the whole the whole gig, but. He is scary. Like everyone sort of says, Heath Ledger is like the best Joker, but I still think, you know, we'll go into Heath Ledger in a minute. But yeah. I still think Nicholson's like he, he's got like that weird. He's playing himself, isn't he? Basically, yeah. so there's nothing scarier than that. You know? And uh, as I, I mean, uh, there's a scene which I, we, I know we are going to go into the interrogation scene. Oh yeah. In yeah. Uh, in the in the Dark Knight, but if you look at the scene where. Uh, where Jack Nicholson is with Vicky Vale and Bruce Wayne turns up and they have the whole uh, the whole uh, scene where uh, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight and yeah. that's when uh, Bruce realizes that the joke is Jack Napier and it's like the whole scene is just pure brilliance for everybody now they they they, they just overlook that. Yeah. And of course, you've got the scene between uh, I love, which I love. It's one of, I think, one of the great pieces of cinema. In Returns, with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton, a kiss under the mistletoe. It could be deadlier if you eat it. It could be even deadlier. Pure brilliance. And yet now everybody just goes on and on and on and on about Nolan's Batman. Yeah. To the point where we overlook Ben Affleck, who is a damn good Batman. He is a good Batman. Yeah, Batfleck. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I. There's another moment at the end of 89 as well where, you know, where they're in the bell tower and uh, the Joker is basically saying, well, you idiot, I need you. You wouldn't be anything without me, sort of thing. Like, even, like, the writing's so good with with, with Jack Nicholson's Joker because it just fits his personality so well. And I think people forget that he was, like, for a while, that was the only Joker, you know, and... And there wasn't anyone better than that, and I don't think there still is. I mean, maybe Mark Hamill pushes it as the animated Joker, but he's still basing that off of Jack Nicholson, I think, a little bit. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, which, which is not to say he Ledger is not good. Like we, he, he. I mean, it's, it's a shame. It is such a shame he's taken from us. But I think. Everyone sort of overshadows what came before with, you know, I mean, uh, an example is when, when Dark Knight came out, I would say, like, people would ask me if I liked it or not, because they knew I was into, like, films and geeky stuff and that. And I would say, yeah, yeah, it was great. I, I said, but um, I think Michael Keaton's probably still my favourite Batman. And people would go, oh, who? And you think, oh, you better be joking. <laughs> Okay, we we again we've also podcasted about who our favorite Batman is, and Michael Keaton is to me Batman. I think yeah. he's and and this is not just a a childhood thing. This is I think that that's why I, I love Birdman and I loved him as the Vulture in uh, Spider Man. Oh uh, yeah, Homecoming. As soon as I found out he was cast, I was like, yes, you got so you got so you've got uh, Batman in Spider Man, and you've got. Uh, Catwoman in uh, Ant-Man and Wasp I was like yeah. yes because it's they were it, Tim Burton's Batman is the, is the reason I started reading I was reading Batman comics in the 90s when when Batman wasn't popular right you know and it's uh, 
So yeah, it, it's to me, Michael Keaton is always going to be my Batman. That's why I'm looking forward to the yeah. Flash movie. And Batfleck is back. Sorry, but I like. No, I, yeah, it's, kind of, it's a shame for Ben Affleck. I think he was shortchanged by everyone, you know, by by Warner's and that. I just think it's easy to sort of say, oh he's a rubbish Batman because of this or that or the other but you know what I, I actually thought that was one of the good things about the DCU yeah, I do agree I just want another little shout out, shout, shout out to Jane Silent Bob reboot it's got a nice little Ben Affleck uh, cameo oh, yeah. at the end and they make a nice little Batman reference so uh, that's my one shout out to Kevin Smith uh, yeah you know I just want to touch on something you know uh with Batman Begins. Yeah. Uh, the difference between that and you see Dark Knight, which Dark Knight is a lot darker than Begins. If you think yeah. about it, and this is another reason why you could argue that the superhero, modern superhero movie started in 2008. If you look at, we'll go back to 2000 with uh, Brian Singer's X-Men, how he created a realistic world where these superheroes are in. Now, you could argue that that uh, Batman Begins is a continuation of that. Whereas when you hit the Dark Knight, it gets grittier and darker and even more real-worldy. Yeah. Because the colour palette does change. Because what I can remember from Batman Begins is there's a lot of browns and everything in it, but as soon as you hit Dark Knight, it becomes pitch black. And it's... Yeah. And, like, deep, dark blues. And if you do get daytime scenes, they're generally inside or... You don't see the daytime very much, and it, it, it's quite a claustrophobic film, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of the time, I think. It's, I mean, I, 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 it, it Dark Knight, I mean, it's one of these films, it's, you know, if I'm to right now switch on a, a, a one of the Nolan trilogy, I'd be yeah. up for Dark Knight Rises, to be honest with you, because I like it. It's a comic book, I like movie, it. but it's good. And, it's something which uh, we'll touch on it now. Uh, Dark Knight Rise. Okay, this is the box office for Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Actually, this is from IMDb. The world gross is one billion five the five million not point not five million nine seven three six four five. Whereas, uh, the, uh, whereas Dark Knight Rises, which was uh, four years later, two thousand and twelve, took in one billion. Zero eight one one four two six one two, so it's not really that l- much less, but in terms of popularity and how people view it, as much as rises, there's not really that much in in terms of uh, difference between box office. It actually, people don't see Dark Knight Rises on the same level as they do the Dark Knight. No, I I think it probably box office is because. Everyone was like, wow, the last part of the trilogy, God, we've got to see this. But yeah, no, I, it, you're right, it did go back to more comic booky, didn't it? Not not too much. Like, it was still, it still had that Nolan realistic thing, but the thing with the bomb at the end, and it's that looked very comic book to me, and, and sort of having, they had like more than one villain, didn't they? Oh no, they've done that before, but I mean, yeah. felt more like, they were trying to cram more characters into the last ones. <coughs> Sorry, the last one than than before because you had Catwoman, you've got Bane, you've got 
uh, Talia Al Ghul and you know backing everyone's story up. It was always going to be the hardest one to finish, I think. But you look at Return of the Jedi after Empire Strikes Back. People say Empire Strikes Back, then in Return of the Jedi, it, it becomes mythology in itself about how great yeah. the the movie is. It transcends so that matter, no matter how great anything is going to become after it, you'll always be going well. It had the Ewoks in it, or it had it didn't yeah. have Heath Ledger's Joker in it, which obviously they couldn't. There'll always be some reason why a certain section will always say, well, it isn't as good because of this. They'll always say something because of this. Yeah. And the funny thing is, and now if I remember right, uh, there was a lot of people kicking up a stink as soon as Heath Ledger, the pretty boy, was announced as the Joker. Yeah, and I must admit, I was one of them, actually. I, I didn't go and, like spend my time making placards and boycotting and anything, but I was thinking, well, I don't know about that, that might not work, but as soon as you, I think it's because they kept everything so shrouded in mystery, like, there was only a couple of trailers that were released, and they did, like, a viral marketing thing, didn't they, but there wasn't really any, there was only a few photographs of him, and they weren't, like, really revealing, so in a way, I'm glad they did that, because when I won, we went in blind. He, well, he was great, you know, like, I immediately, at the beginning, when he takes the mask off, you know, in, in the bank robbery scene, I thought, no, oh, he looks pretty good, actually, I, I, I'll take it back. But I'm glad we went in sort of not knowing that much about it, so the mystery was still there, you know. I completely agree with you, but it seems to be a common trait with fanboys. If they don't like something, they're going to kick up a stink. I mean, yeah. come on, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Beetlejuice is playing Batman. Daniel Craig is not James Bond. What about that Robert Pattinson playing Batman? Yeah. How how can a vampire pretty boy do that? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I thought, as soon as I thought, as soon as, was it the Batman? Is it called? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as the Batman was announced, Robert Pattinson. Now I'm not a fan of Robert Pattinson, not because uh, he's in Twilight. It's just that. He's yet to make a film that I really enjoy. And, uh, but I, I say this, I want to see the Robert Pattinson film I'm going to enjoy. Yeah, I, I think he has... We've said this about Zac Efron as well, haven't we? Like He hasn't made the film that's sort of broken out yet, but they've both definitely got the acting chops in them. To do, I, mean, cause that, I mean, we've all seen Twilight and we all take the piss out of it to the point where it's sort of like a cliche now, isn't it? But... I've seen him in other things, and he's perfectly like fine. He's he's a good actor. Like he can he can hold like the screen by himself. So uh, there's no other reason. He I mean, when you see that trailer for the Batman, I just thought, yeah, this this looks like a Batman film. As soon as I found out it was Matt Reeves, I was like, War for the Planet yeah. of the Apes. Okay, I'm in. I love those Planet of the Apes movies. So I was like, as soon as I found his name was attached to it, I was like, I'm one of these people that go in that. If someone's going to start slagging something off that they haven't seen, I'm really... I want to see it even more now. Yeah. I, uh, it's just... And that's one of the things that I really... I like to be impressed. I mean, like I said, I, I really believe Zac Efron. When he gets the right role, he's going to be huge. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I absolutely agree with what you just said as well about when people say... When the majority of people say something's rubbish... Like, for me, and it's a shame because it stopped me seeing it when it came out, but when I saw it afterwards, I sort of thought it's 
saw it and was like a fuck you to all of those was um, 2016 Ghostbusters yeah. yeah everyone was sort of just told me no don't watch it if you like the original just don't watch it out of principle and I was thinking what what is this train wreck of a movie I have to see it and then I saw it and I thought what is everyone moaning about like it's not it's not great but it's not I've seen much worse in fact I've seen Batman films that are much yeah. worse <laughs> I sat through Ghostbusters at cinema because I want as soon as all I mean this was all crap was coming out about it before it even came out and I was like I'm going to sit in that cinema and it was you know I always argue that the films that I build up so high yeah that, and then they let me down that's worse than the ones I go into with low opinion if I go into yeah, a low yeah, opinion really, yeah. and it, yeah. if I go into a low opinion and it is rubbish I'll walk out of the cinema feeling ah I was right but if it's one that I build up high, and then I walk out and think it's a load of crap, that's 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 worse. But with Ghostbusters 2016, I walked in, going, I think this looks good. I like the trailer. I like the color palette, which I can see in the trailer. And the only thing that pissed me off about that film was I didn't like Bill Murray's cameo. But I really wanted to see a sequel because of Sigourney Weaver's character. Yeah. But it's the I was the same with um. Uh, what do you call it? Batman v Superman. Um, I really, really heard so many bad things about it. And um, no, sorry, no, the other, other way around. Sorry, I, I really was pumped for it. Um, sorry, my brain scrambled this morning. And uh, when I came out, I, I, I was disappointed. You know, I thought this is going to be good. Zack Snyder's, you know, Man of Steel was a bit of a misstep, but he's got he's got like the tone down right and everything like that. And he's a more than competent director, so I thought, this is going to be good. And then I came out thinking, what was that? I just watched the two and a half hours, like... <laughs> because, I'm, okay, I'm very loyal when it comes to... If someone makes something that I love, I will be loyal. I mean, after Watchmen, which I think is one of the great superhero films ever made, I really wanted it to be good. But, you know, uh, when... I couldn't get upset with Superman dying uh, at the end because I thought it was really ha- ham-handed. Uh, I thought I should be bawling my eyes out like yeah. I did when I read the comic book with uh, Doomsday comic book. Yeah, well, it's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. I shouldn't be... And I didn't like the way that Superman's body was put into Lois's arms. Superman dies in Lois's arms. He shouldn't have been... I didn't like the way that... No. It was two films stuck into one, wasn't it, really? Too many characters, too many plot lines. There was no need to have Wonder Woman in it. Nope. And, you know, you could have kept that scene at the end where he goes on the computer and sees all the the metahumans. That could have been, like, your mid-credits sequence. But there was no need for it to have Doomsday in it. and That all should have been in Justice League. Yeah. It was just, I, it was too crammed full of unresolved storylines and stuff like that. And, yeah, going back to the Dark Knight, Dark Knight, whatever you think about it, it's a very, it's quite a long film, but it's compact and everything's concise and it's succinct, like the story's neatly started, neatly wrapped up for the second part of the trilogy and it's 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 all sort of packed in there like quick it does seem like a really fast film fast paced film um, even for the length of it 
and, he, and by the time he gets to that sequence at the end in the building where he's sort of not killing the police but he's sort of incapacitating them isn't he yeah. um, I think that seems fantastic like as the, as the wrap up for like the whole thing just where he's got the Joker hanging off that cable I think that was the perfect patient in, in a Batman film I think it's 2 hours 32 minutes long yeah see so it's quite a long film but it doesn't feel I think the, the set the Rises feels longer than it is compared to Dark Knight I mean that is quite a long time for a, a main blockbuster film isn't it yeah. and, well I mean until you got to like Endgame yeah. <laughs> one that should have came with a toilet break but there's one as well I mean Endgame I've seen quite a few three hour films and that if you if you showed me that without telling me the running time I would have said oh, I don't know like two hour and a half hours it, it, it's so quick and so neatly sort of tied up with a bow if you like I, I think that's another one that, because of the, the great editing and the great pacing, it doesn't feel like three hours in, in, at all. Uh, uh, so go back, I'll go back a bit. See, Rises is two hours forty-four, so it's the longest one of the lot. But, yeah, yeah, but uh, Endgame is because, in my opinion, it's because it's the perfect three-act movie. Yeah, Superman. As, uh, there's each diff, uh, each act has a, a start and a middle, has a start and an end. So, but. For a film that is so dark, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree about the pacing. Everything is there for for a reason in Dark Knight. And, yeah. And it's just... Uh, it, There's no loose ends. No. And I, I like the uh, line, the, the, one of the Joker's last lines about how they're going to be keep going through, going all around this forever. It's going to be constant. Like, yeah. Because he's not... It's a lot of the comics, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a shame that he's passed away because you know he he was his Joker, and it's 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 the performance, you know, how he can be yeah. talking. But when he when he puts on that uh, deeper voice, you just yeah, it's freaky. He is intense, isn't he? I mean, it this, the the main thing about Ledger's Joker, and it's like a little subtle thing, really. It's not even to do with his like actual bombastic performance it's more you know that when he when he tells his origin story and he tells a different one each time yeah and I love that sort of like cause the second film's theme is undoubtedly about chaos isn't it yeah. he's all for chaos and anarchy and all that and I think the, the fact that he tells a different origin story every time he tells one that's the unreliable nature of the Joker isn't it you mean you don't have to know why how he got them scars, but only he knows that, and you'll never find out. And I love that. I think that's great. Like, because there is that mystery to the Joker, isn't there, about who he was before? And and there's some like there's some sort of backstories that do like in '89. I think that's probably the only weak thing about that, where he ends up being the one that killed Bruce's parents. I, I like the Joker when he has no past. I mean, yeah, I, I like that. I like also like the narrative of the fact that it does tie the two together, which they also tried. Yeah. With Joker, they did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see. I was just about to bring Joker up. Actually, I think Joker is is the perfect companion piece to the Dark Knight. It's like, it's the Dark Knight from the Joker's perspective, essentially, isn't it? Not 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 the plot itself, but you know, there's no Batman. It's, it's Batman's not around. The police are shy. <laughs> And it's just like it's Gotham 
in the 80s, maybe when the Joker started. I think that's, that's such a great idea. I'd love to see a little series of films, you know, with Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix, just sort of exploring that with no Batman ever. Yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. It, it's just... That was another one, wasn't it, that was kind of a bit hyped up too much, wasn't it? I I'm gonna I'm gonna I actually went yeah. to the cinema I went to the cinema to watch it and I I I could really want me and the me and the fiance we are big superhero fans but we kind of come out of it a bit because of I mean I am not a Marvel fanboy uh, I I I'm of the philosophy of the I want to see a good superhero film I don't want to go I don't go and just see Marvel films but I. No. But I, after Wonder Woman, which I wasn't a fan of at the time, I said I, I've got no interest in Aquaman because I don't like one of the leading actresses in it. I, Shazam looked terrible, so it was. Yeah, I I enjoyed Shazam. I wish I watched it. Yeah, I, I've only seen it. I only saw it once at the cinema, and I really didn't like it. But I don't know whether if I rewatched it again, maybe Suicide like Squad the, was, was rubbish, which was one of the last ones I actually saw. I didn't like Suicide Squad, so unless it was a bad no, film or a Superman film, I wasn't going to go and see it. I kind of missed out on Birds of Prey. But we went to see The Joker, because The Joker looked good. And yeah. I walked out of it thinking, that was gruesome. And yeah. then, within a week where everybody bawling, I was like, everybody is literally, Joker, you got to see The Joker, you got to see The Joker, you got to see The Joker, you got to yeah, see The Joker. Yeah, all over it, wasn't and it? Then it, it, it's like, oh... God, it does. It, 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 it's the whole everybody else claiming ownership of something that was. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, what clinched it for me with the Joker was, was Joker, it's just Joker, isn't it? Joker. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Um, that they said this isn't in any universe. It's its own thing, and I think that's great. You can do your own thing with it. Then there's no baggage. There's no like I say. There's no. It's it's weird, but it works without Batman. Yeah. You know, you don't need him in there. You, uh, and you see, like, Thomas Wayne and that are there, aren't they? But yeah. it's just, it, it was nice to see it in its own universe. And the Dark Knight's like this as well. It's just a self-contained trilogy. There's no crossover with Superman, no mention of anyone else. And I think it really, really works like that. Like, because you, you're focusing on Batman. You don't, they hadn't, the MCU had only just started, hadn't it? I yeah. mean, they, they, te- they teased the Avengers thing at the end of the credits. So, they hadn't even started building that yet, really. So, I think even even the Dark Knight didn't have an inkling of like sort of creating a cinematic universe. And I'm glad it didn't in a way because it is like you know you sort of say the Dark Knight trilogy, people know what you mean, don't they? It's, Whereas you say Batman film and you think, well, which one? I completely agree a hundred percent, and I like the ending. I like uh, you know, the ending of of uh, Rises, and it is it's a trilogy. It's yeah. Like, it, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, we, it's our never-ending. I mean, the only trilogy I can think of is the Spider-Man trilogy. But that was supposed to be four, the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man one. But in terms of, literally, we know it's going to be a trilogy. It's Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises. So it's nice to have three self-contained. I mean, look yeah. at the X-Men films that just, with the exception of a few standout pieces like your Logan, and I, I like the Wolverine. Yeah, I do as well, actually. These are future past. But you look at all the crap that they've got in between. Yeah. So you can say, well, I like the X-Men. Well, which ones? Well, I don't like Apocalypse. I, I enjoyed New Mutants. I thought Dark Phoenix was not as good as Last Stand. 
So, but you could say, well, it is the Dark. It's the two Tim Burton movies and the Dark Knight trilogy. But, yeah. But other than that, it's it's like it's like Superman. So how do you how do you define Superman? You got Superman. You got Superman two. You got Superman two directors. The Dick Donner cut. You got Superman three. Quest for Peace. And then do we include Batman? Sorry, uh, Superman Returns in on that. There's no there's no light. Even the Marvel trilogies. You have your Iron Man and your Captain America. You know, it's it's sort of. Uh, you know, it's sort of like well, they are. They may be they, they may be trilogies, but they're still tied in to the bigger yeah. end piece. He's still part of the MCU. But the Dark Knight trilogy, the Nolan trilogy, is a trilogy, and I like and it. It's superb. There's four. Well, I mean, the trilogies are like the age-old easy way to wrap a story, aren't they? Because each one represents what it is. It's the beginning. It's the middle, and it's the end of. You know, they're basically film-length three-act structures, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, we always joke about going back to it, but Star Wars. I mean, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. You know, A New Hope is your start of your journey. Empire, things go to shit. We need something dark to happen. Return the Jedi. The good guys win. Yeah. You know, or, or like the end of your story, at least. You know, and Dark Knight follows that as well. You know, Batman begins. How he becomes Batman. Dark Knight, how he learns to fail. Dark Knight rises, you know, he dies in quote marks yeah. and leaves it for someone else. Perfect uh, three act structure. Yeah, and it, 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 it's perfect because of it. I'm so glad they never got uh, they, they they just went and said that's it, no more like that, and we're going to continue with a different whole universe. Yeah. But it, so I I think it it also helps the legacy of the trilogy because of it and by yeah, definitely. the trilogy what do we um, what's our opinion on Christian Bale yeah, I really I, I think I, we differ here don't we okay uh, okay I, just want to go, I like Le Mans 66 or uh, what is it called in other territories what's that uh, oh Ferrari um, Ferrari, yeah, yeah. I, I think Christian Bale is, is absolutely superb in that. I just want to a bit of a shout-out for that film. But I I think Christian Bale is an underrated Batman. I think he was overshadowed by Heath Ledger. And the only reason Heath Ledger is as good as he is, in certain scenes, I'm not going to detract from, uh, from, you know, the bits where he's going against the goons, uh, I, I think that when you put Christian Bale and Heath Ledger in that interrogation scene, you could not do it any better. And Christian Bale is superb, and he emotes from under a mask. At least with Heath Ledger, he had his face, even though it was in makeup. He still had yeah. his face. Uh, Bale is under the cowl, and yet he still emotes and he still delivers. Yeah, see, I, I've never ever really resonated towards Christian Bale as an actor like nothing against the guy but uh, as long as you don't move any lights out of the way while he's filming Terminator um, <laughs> but um, no I've just never I've never seen a film I've seen a couple of films where I've been like he's he's a great actor like the American Psycho is one of those I used to hate that film but I always I always thought this guy's going to go places he's a good actor but 
I've never ever gravitated towards him as Batman. I think he's a really good Bruce Wayne, and he plays that sort of, you know, that duality that Bruce Wayne has to have, where he has to pretend he's like a a playboy billionaire guy that doesn't really give a shit. I think Bale does that really well. But I just, it's that voice on when he plays Batman just annoys the life out of me. Yeah, I just want to, like, see if he wants a fisherman's friend or anything like that. For anyone in the US, that's like a cough sweet <laughs> if you don't get them. But, no, yeah, I, I think we have to go on to the interrogation scenes now, don't we, yeah. really? Yeah, no, I, I mean... We've it was that. one scene we we came out of the whole the view the original viewing of yeah. where we sort of looked at each other and went interrogation scene was the best yeah. scene wasn't it? I mean, like, straight away. I'm going to do a bit of a shout out now. We are going to uh, we, we 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 are going to start in series soon, and it's going to be so much easier when we're in the same room to actually better do it. Where we break down our favourite scenes, and that is one of the ones which we are going to do. Yeah. And as it's it, it's a superb it is a superb scene. I mean. The, mu- the, the the lack of music that's in it and it's just the noise in the background everything and it, it's it reminds me of how I you know uh, uh, everyone never told you sorry uh, so I'm in the wrong thing it's uh, when he he when Vader's goading Luke and Luke yeah. lashes out in Jedi this is exactly like that the Joker is goading Bruce sorry the Batman to lose this shit and Batman loses his shit and it's just it's just superb acting by the both of them and it's beautifully shot it's so full of tension yeah it's, the one sort of line that always sticks out for me is when he's sort of beating the crap out of Joker and he's like you have nothing you can threaten me with like it, and it's so like it's so scary because there is nothing that phases him even, even if you were to torture him he just wouldn't care and I think there's no scarier villain than the one that has nothing to lose. Yeah. And the joke is to say, like, he's exactly like that. Like, I, I, I think that line's so chilling. Yeah. Like, all the power that Batman has, like, he's this great hero that helps innocent people and fights criminals. But this is the one criminal you can't just beat to a pulp. The end game. And I think, I think that's just fantastic. The end game of that interrogation, you know, even if he killed him, the end game is still the same. Yeah. Everything is in place. And it's going to happen if the Joker's dead or not. So you, you say you have nothing to lose. Yeah. I, and that's the Joker summed up, isn't it? He is anarchy. Yeah. But and we don't we don't actually go. In, I mean, like you say, he tells the stories. He, he tells the story multiple times, and we don't know why he is the way he is. And you can't. And it's nice that you can't be. Don't know what you're reasoning with. That you don't have a definitive answer as to why. The Joker is the way the Joker is, and yeah. that performance is superb in that scene. And as I said, that and a piece of cinema is pure, pure brilliance. I, I mean, I, I like the you know the idea that you can come up with your own sort of idea of what happened to him. I mean, probably the the, the most sort of prevailing theory on like I don't I usually go into fan theories, but I do I do find them interesting to read. Um, it's the idea that he used to be a, a soldier. Because he does sort of... He mentions soldiers a couple of times. And specifically in the scene with Two-Face, where he's in the, the hospital bed, and he says, uh, 
if someone blows up a truck full of soldiers, no one panics. So if you kill one little old person, you know, everybody loses their mind. And I, I always sort of thought, hmm, it's like, it, it makes sense that he would maybe be a, a, a war veteran. Yeah. But again, it's like, it's not acknowledged, so it's up to you whether you can come. And I, I love that ambiguity about him. You can't do Joker with clear cuts. That's why Suicide Squad Joker just rubbed me the wrong way. He's just, he just looks like a gangster in it, and it really annoys me. What they wanted, though. So, yeah. I really... If you're someone like Jared Leto and you got the opportunity to play a role like that, you'd take it. No, yeah, yeah, I don't blame him oh. for doing that, but Have it's you... just, I mean, probably, I'd say Heath Ledger is probably the last, oh no, Royal Wacky Phoenix as well, you know, him, Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson, you know, they're probably the definitive jokers, aren't they? If you go on, if you mean, if you do a, do a bit of research and if you have a look for a for joker, a lot of people do get dressed up as Jared Leto's joker. yeah. It's yeah. probably the easiest one to do, though, isn't it? Yeah, plus I suppose a lot of the guys are getting dressed up as Jared Leto's Joker uh, are hoping that they'll get photographed with <laughs> someone that dresses up as Margot Robbie's... Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yeah. I, do you know what? I'm glad Harley Quinn wasn't in Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> um, it would have totally throw off the tone, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. I, 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 I like... I mean, I didn't really start getting into the character of Harley Quinn until... Uh, Kelly Kawako's uh, animated one, I thought, I just think that, that to me is pure brilliance, and one of the reasons why I started watching DC again. I mean, the, the one in the original 90s animated series, that was where the character was created in the animated series, I didn't realise that, I thought she was a comic book creation, but, the, it, I mean, along with Mark Hamill as well, yeah. you can't get a greater pair of villains. So, uh, what famous film director named his daughter after Harley Quinn? Oh, it's Kevin Smith, isn't oh, it? Yes. Yeah, try and get me over that one. <laughs> uh, uh, we have not. Michael Caine's Alfred. I think Michael Caine's fantastic as Alfred. I think he might be the best one, actually. <laughs> I, I I do I do agree. I mean, I'd like to have seen uh, where uh, Brain Freeze, DCEU, I can't believe I forgot his name. Ah, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Can't believe that. Sorry, Brain Freeze uh, listeners. Yeah, Jeremy Irons. I'd like to have seen where they would have took that one. Yeah, I thought he was an awful Alfred. I I thought he was too young. Like far too young. Mike, Michael Caine, you know, come on, Michael Caine is literally, uh, he's like a Nolan favourite, so... Yeah, he, him and um, uh, Kelly and Murphy as well. Yeah. Oh, They're always in Nolan films, aren't they? Um, yeah, no, I think he's fantastic. I mean, Sir Michael Caine, isn't he? Yeah. Who's like, I, I, I liked Michael Goff as well. Yeah. He was good for the time, but I mean... He was in Batman and Robin, that kind of loses a few points. For yeah, I know, But he was in... Um, Dracula with Christopher Lee. Okay, but he's still in Batman and Robin. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, that's what I was going to say, though. The whole cast of the, the trilogy, they're all perfect, I think. I mean, um, Gary Oldman is just... He is absolutely superb with Gordon. Like, that is Gordon for me. But whenever I think of Gordon, I just think of 
Gary Oldman with his hairbrush moustache. Like, I, he's just perfect for that part. He's a real chameleon. When you watch that, you don't actually think of him as being in Harry Potter. No, or, um, ironically, or Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, you know, he, he is, he's, he's like sort of, people used to always say Tom Hardy was this amazing chameleon, but like Gary Oldman's going to guy has been doing it, so it, he never plays the same character. No. Go back to, uh, we haven't touched upon, even though he's like a big part of the film, uh, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. Two-Face. I have a... I'll go through my issue with him first. And it is that he feels a little sort of squeezed in as Two-Face. You know, where, where the film's sort of trying to ramp up. I think it didn't need two villains. I think Rises should have had Two-Face as the main villain. I think he should have been sort of teased, but not... I don't know, I just I feel like he's got this great powerhouse with Heath Ledger and he's carrying the whole film, basically. And then, it, it, like, having him with Harvey Dent, that's fine. I thought that was great. Like, it was, and even all the way up to him being injured, I, I thought they should have just kept him in the hospital till the third film. I don't know, if it, what, what's your opinion? I, I do agree with you. I mean, I think, he, you know, he was overshadowed by Heath yeah. Ledger. And... At the end, where uh, you know it's, he's threatening uh, Commissioner Gordon's family, uh, it did seem like a tag-on ending. Yeah. You know they could have just ended it with the Joker swinging. But yeah. It, it does, you know, and started up the next film with with uh, Two Face. I don't know whether it was maybe all done as a reshoot because of Heath Ledger's death, or I don't know, was the film finished completely when he died? It was. Oh, so it was, I yeah, no, I was glad. I always thought it felt a bit reshooty. I don't know if maybe it was in general, like, regardless of his death. I, I just thought it does feel tacked on a little bit, yeah. sort of, to get an ending sort of out of it. I think that they didn't realise how much... Uh, his leisure was going to overshadow the entire movie. Yeah. In terms of not in terms of, in terms of his death, but in terms of his performance. I mean, you. I suppose you know you you think someone's going to be good, but you don't know until you actually get in there that. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You see yeah. the performance that that's going to be the one that stands out. I mean, I'll go for an example. I mean, it's not the same, but but uh, prior to watching Guardians of the Galaxy. I just thought Rocket Raccoon's going to be the, the big standout star. Turns out it's the talking tree. Groot. So yeah. when you go into it, you never can tell what's going to be... You think something's going to work, but then it could be the talking tree. Whereas, <laughs> I'm not comparing Heath Ledger to Groot, but Heath Ledger, in his performance, overshadowed everything. Yeah. It, it was I that good. Agree. And... Personally, I found uh, the the prosthetics on and the CG on uh, Harvey Dent appeared to be a bit too disturbing. I thought it was a bit too gross. It was quite gr- gruesome, wasn't it? Actually, yeah. I mean, I I haven't got any any problems with his performance. He was very good. I mean, it's either that or it's Tommy Lee Jones, which I'm not. Yeah, no, <laughs> not that's terrible film. Um, but yeah, it was just. I don't know, yeah, it's probably my only issue with the film, right, apart from the hype unfairly skewing it. But I always had sort of, like, if, if Heath Ledger hadn't died, 
my classic third film would have been The Riddler or Two-Face. I don't know which one. And, you know, Bruce can't handle it, so he has to go and see the Joker in jail. You know, kind of like Signs of the Lamb yeah. and say, how do I stop this guy? What would you do? Sort of thing. I thought that would have been like that. In my head, that was my perfect Batman film, like, to finish it off. That would be cool. Would... I just, I was just looking at, you know, we haven't touched on. How about, um, it's just, it just did completely hit me. Uh, you know, you've got Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman. And yeah. he doesn't like how uh, Bruce Wayne is abusing the power to get, you know, with the tracking everybody's phone calls and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then ultimately at the end, Bruce redeems himself by when Lucius threatens to quit and is going to quit. So he just types some things and literally the entire tech explodes. Power and the abuse of power. Is yeah. it right to actually, is it right to abuse everything and spy if it's going to be an end get the result? Yeah, I suppose there's always a thing with Batman, though, isn't it? That he is, he is the guy that can do all those things and take the blame for it because no one knows who he really is. So the actual symbol itself of Batman can take, like he says, he, he, at the end, you know, Gordon's speech at the end, which is, I think, it's a fantastic end to the film, where he just basically says, like, he can take it because because he isn't, like, he isn't a normal guy. He's he's the he's the persona that can take all that blame. And, and you know, when we do need him back, he will come back. I, I think that's that's exactly what Batman is. It's kind of a sad ending when you really think about it, it because uh, Batman's like you know, so commission it even Commissioner Gordon really doesn't want Batman to be blamed because he knows the truth. The Gordon's family knows the truth, but Batman's taking it upon himself to become the villain. You that you live was it you die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the become the villain, which is you know what Harvey Dent says. And it applies to Harvey Dent, and it also applies to Batman. Yeah, because he, 100%. He is, whereas uh, Harvey Dent died the villain, but he is, but he, they frame him to be the hero, and they frame Batman as the villain. It, it, it's yeah. very cleverly woven, and I think it's, it, it's, it's just, just, I mean, it's not, to a lot of people on the surface level, this is just, you know, you could argue it's just a, a, a a uh, modern day classic superhero film but when you go deeper and deeper into this it's, 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 it's there's more to it than just what the quote mainstream will see which is another thing in makes Dark Knight uh, I mean it makes Dark Knight different to say Iron Man which is just your standard superhero origin story which is not disrespecting Iron Man because I love John Favreau and Iron Man is the godfather of the entire MCU, and I define it as... Oh, yes. It, it is, in my mind, as important as the Dark Knight. But one thing that I, I noticed when I was watching about the Dark Knight over a lot of superhero films is that, you know, you, you can make films around set pieces. This has to happen here, this has to happen here, and we have the big explosion at the end. But in the Dark Knight, the set pieces aid the narrative rather than being the narrative. It's saying that we've got this thing happening, at the, we've got the burning of the money, we've got the bank heist at the start, we've got all these things that aiding the narrative rather than saying, well, we've got to have an explosion here, we've got to have this song put in here. 
And that's what I think works, is that they use a story rather than big studio. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The way they sort of set up the Joker as well is through all that sort of thing, where, you know, the bank, the bank robbery at the start was... I think it's just... It's sort of almost funny the way each of them get killed one by one by one, and then it's just him left at the end, you know, and, and just that setup is exactly what you say. It's Aiden and Mary, because, you know, we keep hearing about, like, this Joker guy. Who is he? Like, I mean, we know who he is, obviously, but... You haven't seen him yet, and so when you do get that reveal, it's so much more powerful. And and the scene with the goons as well, with the pencil. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm going to make this pencil disappear. It's just, it's all perfect. Like, it all works perfectly. Like that, that you can believe this guy is in charge. Yeah. You know, even with you know, like we were saying earlier, where he says um, about nothing you've got can hurt me. Well, I think it's true for all the gangsters as well. Like, they could just chop him up or kill him or whatever, but it wouldn't even bother him. He'd just, like, say, I'm the only guy that can help you get this guy, so you'll do what I say. And you can believe that they would. Yeah. Bigger one for you. We, we haven't even touched on Maggie Gyllenhaal. Rachel. Yeah, I actually prefer her. Yeah. I'm not a real massive fan of Kate Holmes, to be honest, but she wasn't bad in Begins, but... It didn't bother me that they changed the actor. Sometimes that really does bother me, but um, it was, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, she's a more than a competent actress, so I actually preferred her performance. Yeah, I mean, the, the, she's integral to the narrative, but yeah. as, she's more of she's more of a a a plot point rather than a character because she's there to aid in Two Faces' turn and. And the reason why Bruce wants to go back to not being Batman, she's she's there, but she's more a piece rather than a character. Yeah, I I, I know what you mean. Yeah, like um, more of a stereotype, really, isn't she? Yeah. yeah, I I mean she's not a comic book character anyway. I don't think is she? Not to no. my knowledge. So they could have just done whatever they wanted with her anyway. So. Yeah, she's a catalyst for everything happening, isn't she? I mean, it's the same with um, Marion Cotillard in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I think her character was kind of like a just-to-get-things-moving character, wasn't yeah. she? Uh, yeah, she's, she's good at it. I mean, that's tying into the whole Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson's great as Ra's oh, al Ghul, yeah. isn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. Come on, he's Qui-Gon Jinn. He is. Oscar Schindler. <laughs> and Taken. It's weird seeing him as a bad guy, actually. Yeah. I remember when I first saw Batman Begins, I was like, when you find out who he really is, yeah. um, I was kind of like, what, Liam Neeson's a bad guy? This can't happen. Was <laughs> the head of the League of Shadows? Is it League of Shadows? Yeah. Where you basically find out Batman was a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> Ninja Batman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've, uh, you know, uh, this is. Do you think Heath Ledger would have got the Oscar had it not been for his passing? Um. I actually think he would. Yeah. I. I. I, I do see what people people have said to me in the past, and I've said it myself sort of a little bit. Did he only get it because he died? But. I think it's quite disingenuous to say 
that that wasn't a great performance. I mean, he would at least have been nominated, I think. I, I, completely, I completely agree with you. I, it, it's just, I mean, the thing is, it's such a shame that I think, you know, we, we had more better materials, I think, to come from his Ledger. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think that his Ledger's Joker was the one that did open the door for Raheem Phoenix to be nominated and actually win the Oscar. For playing oh, 100%. So, yeah. you know, it's just a shame you know, that he passed away before he could accept it, because, you know, uh, to play an iconic character like that and actually get an Oscar for it, you know. And he, wasn't he the first to actually get an Oscar for playing a superhero in a superhero movie? I, uh, I think so, movie. yeah, I would imagine so, because there's not much before that no, superhero-wise that's Oscar-worthy, is there? No, I mean, they want it for visuals and everything, but not actually for... Yeah. So it's... I don't think Jack Nicholson was nominated for anything, was he? For the 89 or anything? No. No, no it probably was then, yeah. That would have been pretty cool. i got to remember, that in 89, superhero films, what you can but hardly... I think it was just... No, it was Batman and the Punisher, wasn't it, in 89? That's the two oh, yeah, Punisher. Films. I forgot about the uh, Dolph Lundgren one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wasn't there a Nick Fury film as well? That was a TV one. Oh, is that yeah, TV yeah, one? Okay. It's actually, I think I found it on YouTube or somewhere. It's actually oh, it's, quite funny. Yeah, it's the one. Is it um, Hasselhoff, isn't it? Hasselhoff, yeah. Oh, yeah. what a... Film what Hasselhoff. Yeah, what a <laughs> pile of rubbish that film is. But, uh, yeah. I think that, you know... Uh, I think we're... Oh, one last one. You know, uh, you know it's... If it hadn't been for The Dark Knight, you know, especially The Dark Knight, we wouldn't have the likes of, say, Logan, Deadpool, Joker. And, you know, it's sort of like taking the more adult themes into the mainstream. But, here's something else I found out when I was doing this little bit of research, yeah? 2009's Watchmen, you know, it wasn't, this was not an overnight thing, you know, the whole, that everyone's going to go and see R-rated superhero films is that Watchmen only raked in 185, uh, 185 million at the World Wide Box Office. So people really w- weren't ready a year after for the legacy of what the uh, the more mature superhero films. Or do you think Watchmen just failed because of the, co- of the subject? I think Watchmen was like a different breed though, isn't it? Because it was so... It is such a talked about and like famous graphic novel, and it's been in it's been in production limbo for maybe twenty odd years. Maybe was it late eighties? Maybe they were trying to do it. They've been doing it for a long time. Just I'm sure it was Terry Gilliam wanted to originally do something. Yeah, and there's I mean you can actually read a lot of the scripts online that they came up with for them, and I think Watchmen itself was a different sort of it was a different breed. Like it was its own thing. So there was already fans of it separately, whether you liked violent comic book movies or not. I think it was always going to not do well because it was so polarizing. I mean, now we both think it's fantastic, yeah. but I, I don't know. I think maybe I think now, if it was released now, it would have probably done way better. Yeah. But I, I think at the time, there's there's so much baggage revolving around Alan Moore and Watchmen, and he, he has like a sordid history with Hollywood, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. something like Beef of Vendetta probably worked 
in the box office more because I didn't know it was a comic till I saw the film, you know. So that's I think unless you're an Alan Moore fan, that's one of his more obscure sort of you wouldn't immediately think it was it was a famous comic. So yeah, I think Watchmen's a bit different, but I, I I know what you mean, yeah. Everyone should have been ready for that after the Dark Knight, but maybe they still weren't attuned to it. No, I mean, Watchmen is a Citizen Kane of comic book movies. I like that. Yeah, I stole that from somewhere. That's not mine. Because it's sort of like... Uh, I'm not... But it's... Uh, yeah, but, you know, it, with time, and people realise, you know, you have to know what works and and everything. And, and people, you know, analyse it. So you've got the likes of, like I said, you've got Logan, which definitely holds a lot to, to, to Dark Knight. Yeah, definitely. And Watchmen as well, I would say, yeah. probably. Because it's, it's gory, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, at least uh, at least when you're sitting in the cinema and watch Dark Knight, you don't get a big giant guy naked on the screen. I suppose that's one good thing. And of course, you like that <laughs> sort of thing, then yeah, you go see Watchmen on a big screen, you get a big blue naked guy. Yeah, yeah um, I, what was I going to say? I was, it was something about... Um, I've forgotten. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I hate that. I had it just now when we were talking about Watchmen. TV oh, series? No, I'm sorry, I've lost it now. Like that, uh, Thomas. Uh, oh, that's a different story. Seems any connection? Zack Snyder, the other Superman movies. No, I've totally lost it. I can't. I can't think what it was. <laughs> hey, when, you, when you think about it, we'll add it onto another podcast. We yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. In summing up. Okay. Do you think? Okay. Uh, from a perspective of as a film. Okay. As a film, is the Dark Knight Rise? It's like the is the dark as a film as a film is the Dark Knight overrated. Uh, speaking as a fanboy as well, is Dark is well. I say fanboy. I mean a fan of the superhero genre and the comic book culture. Is the film overrated? Um, if you compare it to what's come before, which I think was equally, maybe if not a little bit better, you know, with the Keaton films, then yeah, I think it is a little overrated. But at the same token, I do think. It, it did change the whole landscape, and as well as Iron Man, it's, it is responsible for how we view doing more serious superhero films. So in that sense, no, I don't think it is. I think it was it was every accolade it was given was 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 fair. Like it, it, like when we say it's overrated, don't take this as meaning that we don't like the film. We love it, but I think you had to realize at the time that we were already fans of Batman. So far as it was not really anything new in that department, it was just, I think the film itself, as a film, was fantastically placed, if you like. I don't know if you feel the same. I completely agree. I, 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 I'm bogged down with, uh, though, is when it comes to watching it, or thinking about, do I watch Dark Knight, or do I watch Dark Knight Rises, I have a tendency to go with Rises because I, I think that there's so much baggage attached to the Dark Knight in the sense that everybody goes on and on and on about it. I want to watch the low... Even though the box office is very similar, 
I want to watch Rises and Rises to me is a bit more fun. But to me, Dark Knight, when I first watched it, was just another superhero film because we were indoctrinated yeah. into the culture. It's just everybody else. But it has done a lot of positives. It's, you know, it's, the positive is it's, it's made the genre is one of the that and of course the MCU with Star of Iron Man has made the outsiders the geek culture more it's added to you know whereas before the geeks were the ones that were shunned now the geeks are the ones that people will go to to ask him questions about the characters so it's added a little bit more integration with what I define as your regular when I say regular I mean people in society that don't follow follow that sort of stuff religiously the only downside is the Dark Knight has made it, and films like that has also started with the internet, of making it easier if, if the quote little guys gaining more power that they feel that they yeah. can, if they don't like them they can write about it and tell the world and tell all the makers that they don't like ideas that they've heard about that they're doing, or when a film comes out that they don't like, they don't like the way the casting or the way this has been done. It's also given the quote small minority of the original fan bases the the right that they think they're entitled to actually go on and start making decisions for themselves that they, they don't like a culture. Good one it would be example of this would be the, the last season of uh, Game of Thrones or Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah. Because if they don't like something then they will be vocal about it. Yeah. But that's the I say that was the negative of the legacy of a film like Dark Knight. But the thing is Dark Knight, like we said before, it was always Heath Ledger's catch casting with the same with Michael Keaton's casting. We had people prior to its release all slating it because they yeah. didn't like it until we see it on the big screen. But it's just meant now when uh, someone doesn't like a casting of a superhero film because of Dark Knight, because it's so much in, in the culture that everyone thinks they've got a right to slate it if they don't like it. Look at the, the backlash. Um, Benefit has, has been given, but as a movie, I like Dark Knight, and it does have some really powerful moments. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely. So I think we're I think we're running out now. So uh, this has been the High Ground Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we have recording it. I'm CBW. I'm Callum.